When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to 99 Potions, the premier fanbite RPG podcast with a free trial up to level 60, including all of the content in the critically acclaimed expansion, Heaven's Word. I am one of your hosts, Miriam, Senior Managing Editor of Fanbyte.com. I am joined, as is so often the case, by one news editor for Fanbyte.com, Imran Khan. So is it Heaven's Word? Because like Heaven's Word. now that you you say that out loud, I don't, I realize I have no idea what the hell that means. It means, and I always assumed it was like Heaven's like like Heaven's Sword, like like sword <laughs> with an A. <laughs> yes, because we all we all uh, we all sword sword is a thing. Sword. I, I legit thought S-words. it was like Alex. It was it was a sword that they were just spelling weirdly because it no, was like weird no, or special. No, like, it means like towards the heavens. Like, okay. Because yeah. it's yeah. where they added flying mounts. Okay. Like, oh, to- okay. I get wow. that. that. Wow. I didn't even make that connection near. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's like a, it means a bunch of different things. Cause it's when they added flying mounts. It's also when you go to like fantasy Vatican <clears throat> and like meet the Pope, evil Pope and stuff like that. Yeah. And also there's a faction in that expansion called the heavens ward two words. Yeah. Like they ward so, heaven. Yeah. So it's a triple entendre. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me how. Layers. <laughs> Master of the triple entendre is joining us. Today on 99 Potions, again, two times in a row? Hey, two-time champion. Two-time champion, Michael Hyam, section head of Final Fantasy XIV? Is that your, yeah, what, how does your title work? I, I I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't I've know how here. literally anybody's title works. Every time next, I ask Merit, it's something different. <laughs> next week is my one year at Fanbyte, uh, oh, so I should probably figure that out. Mm. But uh, figure out what my job is before. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I, I'm looking at the. I'm looking at our traffic numbers. Oh. I know. I know what my job is. <laughs> shit. Oh Let's god, yeah. It. This week, holy shit. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into why that's been. Yeah. That number has been going up recently. I should. You saying that though also makes me think I should go back and check my Discord messages to find out the day that um I didn't get fired. When they fired everybody else and like the the old people, the, the they old, forgot to fire, yeah, 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 when they forgot to fire <laughs> me and stuff like that. I, I should figure out when my actual anniversary of like when I officially started working at Fanbyte is because before Fanbyte existed, before we had come up with a name, it was unnamed video game website in the back end for a very long time. We should have kept that. We should have kept that untitled video game website. Look, no one's going to intercap that thing wrong. Well, the thing, so the, the <laughs> thing with the Fanbyte name, I don't know if we've said this part 
out publicly as much, but like the thing with the fanbite name was like the the guy who was in charge back in the day, who's no longer with the company, thank God, was like it has to be one word and then a completely unrelated second word mushed together because he was like it's going to be like BuzzFeed and Facebook. And it has to sound like that. And that's why it's called Fanbyte. And then he just did, like, asked a bunch of people. Pit- oh, we have a we had a document. I need to find it sometime. We had a document <laughs> of all the rejected names that because everybody in the company was encouraged to present a name and put them like put them forward. And whoever got it got like paid a bonus kind of thing. What? <laughs> really? Fuck. <Yeah. laughs> there was a bounty that's, out on naming the website. That sounds kind of illegal, but I, I'm with it. Well, it was allegedly Michael. It's so much more fucked than that because the guy who was like, uh, "Hey, we're going to do this, and we're going to put a bounty out on on coming up with the name for the website." He also <laughs> the the executive who was in charge at the time, or the general manager, or whatever you want to call it, was putting names into the hat too. And John at one point asked him, "So what happens if you one of your selections, you know, what if one of your names gets picked?" And he said, "Like, oh well, then I get the money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I get to pay myself." <laughs> extra and it's like what are you talking it's about? like how jeopardy like the guy who was in charge of the search is like i guess i'm the host now <laughs> yeah exactly oh my god that yeah that 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 former person was that had that energy for sure <laughs> damn this should have got jumped <sighs> god you should you should find that list and we should put it up as an article we yeah to i was gonna say it. you should publish that i just i remember board valley was a big one yeah game post game post <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, we, there isn't enough confusion in the game, comma, word with an S-O-T in it. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, this is 99 Potions. We are your three hosts for this week, and we are going to be talking about a whole bunch of different kinds of things because we're kind of mixing up the format a little bit. You, Longtime listeners of 99 Potions have probably realized at this point that we originally started off by doing, we would do three normal episodes where we would have a particular topic in mind, and then we would do a news quest at the end of the month. The problem with that was that news didn't wait until the end of the month to happen, which was very inconsiderate of it. Yeah. Um, so we have, uh, and so what we ended up always doing was just like, you know, oh, News Quest is supposed to be the last episode of the month, but then we would do it on like a Tuesday in the middle because we needed to talk about like a Pokemon Direct or something that had happened. And it's like, well, we have to get this out because it's it's up to date. So we're probably going to move away from the News Quest as an individual episode, and we're going to make it into its own segment that happens every week on the show after we talk about the stuff that we already want to talk about so we can be a little bit more up to date on some things. And also, this was a big fucking week for news and <laughs> video game patches and not releases, but like, uh, as you can probably tell by the fact that we have um, one uh, expert, Michael Heim here, there was some big Final Fantasy fourteen stuff. Uh, yeah. first, uh-huh. Uh, we'll get to the news segment uh, after a little bit, but first we will open up with a normal thing that we do every week or most weeks, which is just kind of talk about some video games. Because uh, we got a list here of a couple of different video games that I think we've all been playing. And Imran, I want to hear about this game that I have checked out of in recent <laughs> months, but need to go back to. Because like every time I go back to it, I'm like, it's pretty fucking good though, huh? It's weird. How, so we're talking about Genshin Impact. And it's weird how much constant content there is for that game. Mm-hmm. Like for a game that just doesn't have an end game at all. Like it's weird how... 
I guess I say weird, even though it's almost assuredly because they are working their developers at the bone and they have like 500 of them focused on the game. How consistent the new content updates are that like every two weeks, there's just something new in that game that was not there before. Yeah. And they're like, you play through it and they're like, cool, I've got my shit. And then you either check out or you just keep playing through. And this time... As of, I want to say, 12 hours ago, 15-something hours ago, they put the 3.0 update, which is a massive new continent and a new storylines and new characters and all that jazz. So I played a few hours of that already. Uh, it's still Genshin Impact. Yeah. It is still exactly the same game. It still has the exact same problem where everything is entirely too wordy. Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. I put a couple of hours in and most of that was in conversations that could have been like half as long. So Michael, do you know what we're talking about with the, the with the wordiness? Have you played Genshin Impact? I play I I, I fuck with Genshin Impact. Hell yeah. Uh, or well I used to. I just I just like double down on Final Fantasy fourteen as yeah. the, that's my yeah. that's my live service RPG that I'm dedicated to. Uh but I I do I listen, I enjoy anime girls. Mm-hmm. You know me. Shit. I literally as soon as you said I fuck with Genshin Impact, I was like, what am I even asking? Of course <laughs> you do. Asking? I know I know why you fuck with Genshin Impact. <laughs> I remember like two years ago I, I saw you at a party and we were talking about Genshin Impact, and you were just like Lisa's the best character. I was like, why? I was just, I was and, just gonna say, I was like, Yo, and Lisa's you said because because she's she's the only one you know is an adult. Oh and the, <laughs> I was like, all right, that that makes sense to me. I understand what you're getting at. I am uh-huh. an enjoyer of her design, is what I'll say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm an enjoyer yeah. of many designs in Genshin Impact, kind of mm-hmm. across the board. Oh, what's the yeah. the blue dude? Uh, young Emmerich. What's uh, you young Emmerich? You, you meet him early on. Tartaglia? He's like no, he's one of the first characters in the story. Kaya? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Kaya yeah. with the eye patch. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's oh, the eye, bro. Listen, eye patch. Listen, it's over. Dimitri with an <laughs> eye patch. Yo, let's go. Okay, so. Literally, the first time I ever heard about Genshin Impact before anybody knew what Genshin Impact was, it was at PAX, I think. I think it was like PAX East or something like that. Whatever whatever PAX we went to as a... As a like, this is actually before either of you worked here because it was like literally the first year of Fanbyte. And a friend of mine, uh, Sabriel, uh, who works in video games and has worked for, you know, friend of the site. She's worked for us a couple of times as a freelancer. Um, she was also at the show and uh, found me on the show floor and like grabbed me by the arm and said, hold on, I found this game with a really pretty femboy. You have to come see it. <laughs> she knew Listen, exactly how to get me. <laughs> Listen, I have a similar story. My, <laughs> sorry, Imran, for hijacking the Genshin Impact segment. No, go for it. We should just talk about Genshin Impact in totality. And uh, so it was PAX East 2020, and I was walking from the media room to like an appointment, and I stopped dead in my tracks because there was a TV in the hallway playing the Genshin Impact trailer, and I had seen it before. So I, I fucking, I stop and I watch it. And I'm like, oh shit, what is that? I gotta check it out. And then I um, end up checking out the beta, and I didn't like I played through it and I was like, oh, this game seems cool, uh, but I don't think it I don't think it's going to like blow up or anything. It's like maybe it's just like another kind of generic anime inspired RPG. And then it became like the biggest fucking thing. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I missed out on the dog. If I was if I was a Genshin influencer from day one, you're oh, my God. Money yeah. bags. 
<laughs> it's weird to think about. I mean, that's just a thing that we run into in this business kind of like more often, I think, than most people do, where we, we just see a thing and it's like, OK, this looks like a million other things exactly like this that I've seen before. I have no reason to believe that this one will pop off more than those other dozen games like this. Same thing happened with Fortnite. When Fortnite first launched, it was like, okay, yeah, it's it's kind of a it's Minecraft with guns. Okay, sure. Mm. Uh, it's not, it wasn't even that because it was just like base building ba- yeah. barely, and then you had zombies. <laughs> uh, it was like horde, they they made a video game out of horde mode from from Gears of War. Is actually yeah. probably more to what it was. And then it was like, oh, Battle Royale, huh? And then it was like that, the Drake Ninja stream thing where everybody realized, oh, this is big. Yeah. I remember, I, so I don't remember why I started playing this game. I started playing, I just downloaded it on PS4 one day. I was like, all right, cool. I'll play this for a bit. And stopped for about a year. And then since, uh, I think last November or October, I've pretty much been playing it every day. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, can't ex- I can't explain it. It's just that, like... But I remember before this game came out, the the main thing I heard about it was it is a complete ripoff of Breath of the Wild because yeah. it does look like that. It right, looks exactly yeah. like a to the point where I remember someone at one of the China Joy summits like taking a PS4 to mm-hmm. the summit yep. and like smashing it for the reasoning of why can't China make original games? Why do we have to rip off like existing t- titles? Mm-hmm. And like I don't think Genshin Impact is really that anymore. But at the beginning, when you first saw the game, it was like, oh, this is this is straight up just the same game again. You yeah. climb on rocks and there's a stamina wheel. And there's little like bokoblins that are not bokoblins that yeah, the oh, hilly right, churls. Yeah. have the same kind of like setup and camps and all that. There's elemental reactions that are kind of the same thing, but aren't. Like, I mean, they, they took that in such its own direction, I think, over yeah. time. Like like a lot of these, I mean, similar to Fortnite. It just became its own thing at a certain point. It just like was right. very heavily influenced. The baseline was very heavily influenced by something else. Yeah. And the elemental reaction thing is weird because at some point they just kind of gave up on that too. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like such a big part of the tutorial and it's just like, I don't know. If you like, got it, it, got it. It's important for damage, but like uh, Earth doesn't actually do anything with anything. Yeah, it's like, not it, it just does crystallize, and that's kind of it. Uh, which just the new gives you element a damage shield, which nobody cares about. I can tell you yeah. from Final Fantasy fourteen, Warframe, Destiny, everything. All anybody ever cares about is DPS. Yeah, uh, the new element, uh, Dendro, which is a plant thing, is like weirdly complicated, but not really, and also doesn't do much. So, like the way it works with Dendro is, it, it's a grass element that has been in the game in like two enemies since the beginning, but they've only just introduced it for more enemies with elemental reactions and characters now. So if you hit it with electricity, it'll open up like enemies will open up. If you hit it with water, they'll bloom and then they'll spit out little seeds. And if you hit those seeds with fire, all they'll all explode. That seems like a lot of work. It seems like a lot of work and it seems like it's meant for, these really high level bosses to fight, which I might fight because most of my characters are fairly high level, but I'm guessing most people won't. So it seems like a lot of time spent on, okay, we don't have an end game. How do we keep people like people who are at high levels interested in the game, but also not make it too complicated for people. And I don't think they cut that middle ground right with this. I think most people are just going to be like, oh, it's a plant. I'm just going to use fire. Yeah. And that works fine too. And now you say like a new element, new, all this other stuff, like 3.0, new continent. Is this Sumeru? Yeah, this is Sumeru. 
Okay. Which is uh, ostensibly based on Northern Africa and the Middle East. Uh-huh. Like, they can't really get, like, get away from that because of all the characters that have things like heads that look like Anubis or are Persian belly dancers or things like that. Yeah. But they're also lily white. Really, they are really, like really white. They are. I, I think I put it in one article as the cover of the Beatles' White Album. The article's fire is like one, two full paragraphs of being like, "Listen, I don't know why y'all got to keep making your your anime characters super light skin." Like, yeah. oh my god! And, and like the reason is because that's how they make the money, and because the pi- type of people who play Genshin Impact are gonna be like, I don't like the character with dark skin as much as I like the character mm, with light skin. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> shouts out to colorism. You hate to see it. <laughs> colorism wild. very common in selling video game characters as waifus. Yeah. Oh man, that's fucked up. Uh, well, yeah, one is fucked up, but also like, you know, I, I want not light skin waifus, which is a, a sentence I didn't expect to say. <laughs> Just um, go to a protest, the sign saying, I'm, I want not light skin waifus. <laughs> yo, listen, it, it's, I mean, well, uh, let's, you want to talk about colorism? Like, yo, the, the skin whitening products make a killing in the Philippines. And I'm sure they, they do across like all of Asia, which is like. An inherent problem that that's like that's huh. our problem, uh, of course. But yeah, just lights, uh, colorism, and being light skinned is such a it is huge in in Asia, especially in like especially the Philippines. Yo, there's a whole section in Seafood City, like you can pull up to the beauty section in Seafood City, and it's like, hey, here's face wash that also incorporates uh, skin whitening agents in it, and I'm like, yo. Damn, yeah, my, my mom I mean, never heard about that. that shit. I was like, yo, it, it's like, a, nah. It's a real thing in pretty much every like culture in the world of like, like even in in my culture, people who are lighter skinned are generally considered better. Yeah. Like they're like more attractive, more you know, more likely to succeed in life. Like I have a cousin who is very dark skinned. Dude had the most difficult time getting married, despite being Fuck. way more successful than I am in huh. any way. Uh, and just like because he, he he was darker, and that was like that was a thing people look at like oh no this is not as attractive. Yeah, I think they, that's yeah. what yeah that's what they think of when they design characters is we we need these to sell because yeah. if you look at the actual like sensor tower charts and even Hoyo versus own charts, the characters who are cuter, more attractive, more scantily clad tend to sell better. Damn, you hate to see it. Yeah, that's where they make their their dough. I had honestly I I mean I I, obviously I know about like colorism and racism and all that stuff in the world but like yeah this is this is wild news to me possibly because like my skin has never seen um melanin within like you know (laughs) spitting distance so yeah Fargo doesn't doesn't have the sun I don't know no 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 no. we live under you've seen the tv show under the dome yeah that's a sequel to Fargo oh okay yeah yeah yeah. wait I want to Michael have you actually seen the tv show under the dome no, I've, I've I know of it. Okay, <laughs> I, I like that Nir said that as if that was a thing that was like likely. Yeah, of course, um, Michael seen under the dome. Like what? The big cultural touchstone under the dome. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm, those are always honestly. I do I do not watch like any TV whatsoever. But like every TV show that was like in that uh, post like ten years, and it still kind of happens now. But like for a long time there, there was that kind of like 
post-Lost Rush to be the next TV show that was like, what's the big mystery? What's the big thing that we're going to be like doing? Heroes was very much like in that vein in terms of like the marketing and stuff like that. There was that show about like people lost in the Amazon and stuff like that that happened around that time. The fucking... Uh, there's just so many of those different shows and for some reason all of that era of marketing is like burned into my brain so despite never having seen Under the Dome I remember that show or I remember everything about it that I ever saw like to a T it's wild yeah that was like 10 years ago right it was like 10 years ago probably yeah yeah. it's kind of like how I'm fairly conversant in comics even though I've Mm. never not never I've not read a comic in like 25 years because, like, I know so many people who do know comics that, like, when I talk to them, like, oh, yeah, you're talking about the time Wolverine wore an eye patch. Yeah. When he was a bouncer in Las Vegas with Joe Fixit, who is a, a hyper-intelligent version of the Hulk, who becomes a bouncer in Las Vegas as well and wears a big white suit. Yeah. And well, uses a bouncer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the kind of thing everyone knows about. The so bouncer. the bouncer, the video game, started off as a Marvel tie-in product, and they eventually had to change the license. And I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think they ever bring back the bouncer? Oh, like yeah. for an HD remaster or anything? They gotta. With, mm. They bring him alongside King Mart's four, and they'll confirm that Scion is actually Sora's dad. So what that's they, the thing. What if they make a bouncer see. world? King Mart's a bouncer four. extended. Totally, universe. I could see that. I could see Sion Barsad showing up in the bouncer. Sion, Zion, Sion, Sion. I don't know. All I, I remember Barsad. I remember that he's like, just proto Sora too. Like everyone asking no more to bring back Final Fantasy characters, and instead, what he does is in the next Traverse Town. Yeah, it's just the bouncer characters, and <laughs> <Yeah>. that's it. <laughs> so what's his name? It's not is it's not TD Mega Doodoo, but it's like a, there's a name in that same vein. Dargon as the one I keep thinking yeah. of, like because uh, there's a there's a Twitter account that uses Dargon. That's the villain from that game. Oh, I love me some of uh, the the bouncer, the bouncer, the bouncer, the bouncer. Oh, bad game. There, there's a wrestler about <laughs> as long as we're talking about Kingdom Hearts. There's a wrestler named Hook who, yeah. like, mm-hmm. his thing is he <laughs> he does not talk really. He just says like "yup" and that's it. His whole thing is he's just a a guy who looks like an anime shonen like character and now people are just bringing signs of sora whenever hook comes out to be like put hook in kingdom hearts 2 and just pictures of sora oh that's what that's about yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i thought like hook from uh from, peter pan uh yeah like, he has right. a little he has a lost boys like quality to him he's like a muscular tom holland in a lot of or, ways or like hook, hook from rufio get dante bosco <laughs> In Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, friend of the website, Dante Bosco. Yeah. Just put Zuko in there and like, you don't even need to own Avatar. I'm pretty sure they they won't mind. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, once Warner Brothers uh, gets a hold of it anyway, like nobody's going to remember that they're going to erase Avatar from existence. So it'll be, you know, it's all good. Does Warner Brothers own Nickelodeon? No, no. Viacom, I think. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, it's way better. (laughs) Something, I mean, better, like at least like the difference between a ship that's sinking from incompetence and a ship that's sinking because they're actively drilling holes in it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so how is it? Are you enjoying Genshin Impact 3.0, Imran? I I, I played a, just a couple hours, and like I said, they most of it was cutscenes. They put some new mechanics in this in this new area that seem interesting, but we'll see how they go. Because uh, as always, HoYoVerse will do this thing of, hell yeah, we put some new mechanics and things. You'll only see them in this one small area, and then we've forgotten about them by the time we get to the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
beyond that, like I'm I'm interested. I'm a little bit interested in the story, even though it's a little overlong. Because yeah. what they set up so far is they introduced one character who has anime disease. Oh, she like and usually what anime disease is is. We don't want to talk about it, but the symptoms are she bleeds from her nose and faints sometimes. Oh. <laughs> and this one, they 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 kind of like detail it a bit more of she has a weird disease where her skin starts out numb and eventually she will become completely paralyzed. Oh. Like, okay, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting that you were willing to go that far because I'm curious where that pays off. But the problem is with Genshin Impact is there's just so much dialogue that doesn't need to be there. I don't know if that will ever pay off in any way or they're just saying shit. That's the weirdest thing about Genshin Impact is like so much of that game is like you log in, you do your dailies and then you log out. But like we've talked about this before in 99 Potions, but this is what we were getting to at the beginning, which is just that game has like no dialogue editor to speak of. It's wild how you will go through like it's like doing a beast tribe quest in final fantasy 14 and like some of those i think even get overlong where it's like okay go to this person click on this guy you have to like watch them do their little animation of being shocked and then they say one thing but you can thumb through it really fast genshin impact is like Every single time you do a daily, you have to hear this person's entire life story about their romance. And it's the same life story about their romance that they've said every single time for the past like six weeks. And you can't thumb through it very quickly. It's like the it's too slow to to skip the dialogue. It's oh, yeah. so yeah. weird. Like I've, I've done enough dailies at this point that I know which ones are like, oh, my God, this is the time waster. This is the one that's going to take forever. And some are I'm done in like 20 seconds. So like when I get those time wasters, I'm like, God, why does everything in this game need to take so long? Yeah. Why do I have to talk to this person who wants me to get a ro- like, just tell me to go get a rope. You don't need to explain to me why you need the rope. I don't need the fucking history of the rope. Yeah. Just like go. T- let me just thumb through this as fast as possible. And like. I'm sure there is actually a lot of decent, good writing in Genshin Impact in terms of like story plotting or dialogue, but I don't see any of it because I get so fucking impatient. Like whenever they start with these cutscenes that go on way too long where people are just not saying anything real, like not saying anything that moves. It's all extraneous. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like there's so much writing and it's like the actual amount of writing that is like plot critical is very, very small compared to the amount of writing that is just like complete diatribes. It's very right. strange. My conspiracy theory is they know that it's like overly long, but like there's some metric they measure for of time spent in game per day or whatever. Yeah. And they try to like they make these things overly long on purpose so that that number goes up. But like on the other hand, wouldn't it just cost? less to not localize these things into a bunch of languages yeah because you have fewer like a third on a third of the amount of dialogue i think would be ideal but even if you just cut it to half like you'd be saving so much time and money on these things and like localization because all these like most of these lines are voiced so you have a bunch of things that you don't have to pay voice actors to constantly be doing like it feels like it would benefit the game so much if they did this. And I don't understand why, like, is there somebody at Hoyaverse going, no, I, I, the CEO slash writer of this game <laughs> want to put in an entire novel's worth for every expansion. It's, it's bizarre, but I'm, I'm glad to hear it. it sounds like the game part is still pretty good. At least good enough to give you coming back for, you know, every day. Yeah. I, I still, it, I would classify it maybe more as addiction than mm. like, fun mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. i'm i'm still i'm not hating it 
I'm okay. enjoying what I'm playing. Well, a game that just added more dialogue and people are hooting and hollering because it's so good and everybody wants more story is Final Fantasy 14. That's big facts. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael, I know you've been playing Final Fantasy 14. We've both been playing Final Fantasy yeah. 14. Yeah, 6.2 dropped yesterday. Oh, my God. Um, Jesus Christ. Exciting stuff. Yeah, it, it feels, feels like so much. It feels like it feels like, well, because the, the patch notes dropped on Friday. So Mike Williams and I have been basically nonstop uh, on, on the case since then. So it feels like it's been out for a while. But finally getting hands on with 6.2 has been uh, it's been great. Uh, I ran the new raids last night with my static uh, so we 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 have cleared abyssos and we're Ooh. ready for savage raiding next week um did msq did the new dungeon did the new trial um checked out island sanctuary for a little bit and it just it feels like a very whole and complete package it's yeah it's kind of wild that it just I think a lot of folks that I follow were booted up and said, what do I even do now? Like how like paralyzed by choice and I uh, just like, what, what, which do I, do I start Island Sanctuary? Should I do MSQ before I get spoiled on it? Or uh, should I do the raids now? So it's, uh, it's really exciting that we have this, this huge update that gives us a lot of variety. And I think we talked about it last week, but uh, finally seeing what Island Sanctuary is, is kind of, it's, you know, finally, it's it's here. We got we got to see what it is. It's really cute. Um, Tataru says like, "Hey, yo, I I bought you an island." After, <laughs> it's after, a wild <laughs> way to start a quest. Yeah, <laughs> you just you go up to this NPC and old Charlie, and, and then Tataru shows up and says, "Yo, listen, I know you've been putting in a lot of work, so I got you a gift. Uh, we're going to set sail, and I can show you show, show you our, the gift I got you, and then uh, hey, it's this- your your own island." One, that's a creepy thing to like tell somebody. It's like, <laughs> hey, hey, I got you. Let's get on this boat. I because I have a surprise oh. for you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, she tells you beforehand. It's like, okay. hey, I got I got an island for you. Let's go two, check it out. <laughs> two, that's the premise of Dead or Alive Extreme Vol- Volleyball. No, <laughs> they're gonna add <laughs> volleyball. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> oh my get god. Yoshi my P god. online. Shit. Next oh. year, that's the new fucking uh, summer that's, event. The the yeah. new Moonfire Fair. That's gonna be the new content that they update to Island Sanctuary, but it's uh I know near you've been you've been diving deeper into Island Sanctuary and stuff, and uh, yeah, it's it seems like chill. It's not well, yeah. We'll we'll see how it plays out, but it doesn't it's it doesn't seem like too intensive or complicated. Uh, it's it's, like it's different than gathering. what I expected. Yeah. Um. So I wanna I wanna kind of throw it to you to talk about like the market board stuff real quick because. That I, I looked at that stuff because there's a lot of tutorials once you get onto the island. It's like, hey, this is how the systems and mechanics work specifically here. Um, this is how you um, grow crops. This is how you accumulate enough materials. So then you build and expand. This is how you expand. These are your objectives. Um, so it walks you through all of the systems and mechanics. It's like, okay, this is like really well thought out where they've built a, a, a set of mechanics that all feed into like a same ecosystem. So like herding animals, growing crops, get you new materials to build other things that get you access to more different types of items that you can then build and craft. Um, so it, yeah, all, all like it has four or five core mechanics that all feed yeah. into each other. 
which is cool. And then there is the handicraft stuff, which is, I right. think, the surprisingly, I well, not maybe not surprising, but it is. I think that's the main purpose of this thing is that the different types of items that you can craft and because you sell them on a separate market board that is. It looks like a like a stock market thing where it's like, uh-huh. hey, this is this is high, this is supply. These are the supply and demand numbers. This is what players are looking for. This is what the system predicts will be highly sought after later. And then you have a crafting schedule that where you can set out five whole days of this is what your NPCs are going to craft. And this is what you're going to yield from real time like, days, by the way, not yeah. like in game fake days. It is like, no, you can schedule out this system of basically like making like setting these little puppet type things called mammoths to work, mm-hmm. which are like um, Final Fantasy universe name for like living dolls, I guess. Um, and they are all on your island and they do a bunch of stuff for you automatically. And that happens in the background. But you have to like schedule out a production queue, almost like a satisfactory or like a factorio mm-hmm. kind of game. Yeah. And that's where it, yeah, it's, it's weird. Cause it's like when I think when they announced Island Sanctuary, like what a lot, at least this is what I kind of assumed. It was like, Oh, it's going to be kind of like a light harvest moon type thing or a, you know, animal crossing type thing. And it is a little bit of that. It's like 20% of that and like 80% like single player EVE Online, which is a weird <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Yoshi P pulled them and said, hey, this is going to be relaxing. It's not going to be intense. And then the player base said, you thought. <laughs> well, I mean, like, listen, Tataru gave us this island. What did you expect? Of course, she was going to be like, hey, yeah. also, there's going to be some wild capitalism in it. Uh, so have fun and make me some fucking money. <laughs> the uh, writing around that is actually like also surprisingly strong if you actually do button through and like read all the stuff that the mammoths and stuff are saying yeah, like yeah. it's really funny like there's yeah, a lot of the, good jokes in there <laughs> that's what that's why i said like island sanctuary is really cute because the the dialogue uh and the way the mammoths well the mammoths are cute uh but mammoths the way they cute. talk to you and their their npc names are so cute you have the produce producer um the or the produce producer uh uh-huh. and like the i've i've I'm blanking out on the other ones, but they're all like puns and on alliteration. And they're like, they, the, the way they animate is really cute. The way they talk is really cute. Um, the one who yeah. like invites you to the Island is called the Felicitas feline because it has cat ears and mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it, it greets you. And then it just like basically goes into like, yeah. Okay. So I run this Island uh, and you basically just get to live here despite the fact that the deed is in your name. Uh, but fuck you. I don't, I don't respect you whatsoever or any of the <laughs> other mammoths that work under yeah. me. They are my, they're my capitalist underlings. And there's like a whole, there's like a bunch of jokes about like, great. You've cut down this big forest area here. You fucking monster. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> The time to time to like get rid of all of this uh, pesky untouched wilderness and replace it with civilization. Isn't that great? And like, there's <laughs> there's some really good stuff there. Like, it you know its name is the Felicitous Feline, but then it talks about like, by the way, if you leave me here to fucking die, I you will come back to find me, or you will f- come back to find my twin, the Furious Feline, <laughs> instead. <laughs> it will claw your eyes out. It's so cute. Oh, oh, I I, I want to sink more time into it. So. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's cool. Uh, I love when there's like a brand new piece of content in the game because uh, that also means uh, traffic numbers. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I, l- the numbers are telling me motherfuckers is out here looking for island sanctuary stuff. So, God, yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's really cool. But uh, yeah, like I said, I ran the raids yesterday. Raids are really like cool. Them? Yeah. Um, 
mechanics mechanic wise uh they're a lot of fun uh because i I think that the the mechanics are well i mean i felt the same way well the thing is like i ran um was a Asphodelus four circle like how many times for the rewards? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I, I like that. I like Asphodelus four. Uh, I just I felt like it was it was pretty predictable. Like once you once you did it once, you're like, oh okay, this is exactly how it's gonna go. I mean, well, that's how a lot of raids are. But I think the um, there's a lot of variation within singular fights in these uh, in this particular raid tier oh cool uh, so so yeah so like uh like with the other with some of the other raids are like hey this is this is the gimmick that this fight has and it's like okay cool um but i think that this raid tier has a lot you have to be a lot more on your feet uh, a little bit more active in terms of how you process the like how the the arena changes throughout the fights so that's really cool uh i really like the third one, because it's not just like a, like a square platform or whatever, or a circular platform. Um, what I say, the th- oh yeah, the third one. Uh, you have to do a lot more like lanes and different uh, different platforms cool. that get uh, covered by different mechanics. And they're like, That's oh, cool. I have to be really active. And you have to do, um, like instead of anticipating just the AOE markers, um, there's a lot of like gesture tracking uh, with, the, with the boss itself. And... I think that's, I mean, that's true of most of the raids, but uh, something about this one just feels uh, a little bit more, uh, there's just, it feels a lot, there's a lot more variety within fights. So I like that. And I'm looking forward to how those things are kind of flipped in the Savage tier next week. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it was, uh, those, those were really fun. I didn't really get to process mentally the story stuff behind it because i was with a static and we're like hey we have a two we um some people have only have a hard out so we got to get through this um so i want to go back and rewatch the cutscenes to really understand what was happening but man pff, y'all want to y'all want a, a story about uh bad dads yo final fantasy 14 loves bad dads that's like <laughs> it's, that's like it's mo is just bad dads oh, i thought man. i had seen some bad dad like media recently Nothing is as bad dad as Hunter Hunter. Oh shit! Oh okay. wow! Yeah, God, like, Gon's dad is maybe the worst dad I've seen in media. Oh, you mean Jing Freaks? Yes, Jing Freaks. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the guy who explicitly abandons his son. That is like, yeah, you can come find me if you go through all this shit, and also I'm gonna trick you and make sure you don't find me. But also, other characters call like it's nice because it's not like the Dragon Ball thing of like, wow, it's just this is kind of fucked up. It's like in the world of Hunter Hunter, other characters will call him out and say like, that kind of sucks, dude. It's like, you're all, you're just a big coward who doesn't want to talk to your son because it's hard. (laughs) Which is very funny. The the end of the greed Island arc has a good moment like that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely the Abyssos storyline is uh, Mm -hmm, trying mm -hmm, to chase mm -hmm. dad who doesn't want me. Uh, But there's a twist at the end. Oh, so, uh, um, I don't know. Maybe there's two dads. I don't know. Like, oh, maybe there's. Oh. I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of wild. All right, I'm back um, in. But yeah, I need to. Uh, I'll rewatch the cutscenes of that. That's cool. But um, the new story. So the like not no spoilers. And real quickly before I move on uh, to other things, uh, the story stuff for six point two. The main story. <laughs> oh my god, yo, this shit goes in a direction off right off the bat it's like because you play 6.1 it's like oh, okay now i know where it's leading to um 6.2 is like yo 
here's a new, completely new batch of like lore drops on you. And it's wild. And it's it was it's almost surprising how quickly they've shuffled in new characters into the mix that feels it's exciting. Like, mm. oh, this is I look forward to what they do with these characters now that we're going to this piece of the world and exploring this piece of the lore. Um, hmm. I think the overarching like narrative stuff that it's is kind of classic Final Fantasy stuff because it is kind of banking off of Final Fantasy four for most of for a lot of its kind of as a source material. Um, so it has like this classic, you know, the bad guy has uh, um, has his four underlings who are going to do his deeds and haha, I am I am the all powerful one and I'm going to suck up all the ether here. Haha, you can't touch me. And you just, you know, it's OK, we're going to go. We're going to fight his underlings and then we're going to finally get to him is kind of. Uh, what you would expect or that that's how it's set up uh, but I, I think with the thing with Final Fantasy 14 throughout its history it's more of like yes this is you know we have the the standard structure of this is a villain and you're going to chase that villain it's the things that have all the things that happen in between that make it very special uh, so uh, it's really exciting to have new characters into the mix that feel like natural fits yeah and what they, cool as shit too in some yeah, cases there's cool one hell. character in the, tra- the she's in the trailer and everything like that yeah but, oh god yeah and yeah it feels like a like oh okay they fit in but not just that but they also bring a new dynamic mm-hmm. um, so and, and that that's that's really cool that's like hey we're we're gonna make so a super attractive character who's just there to be like everyone else it's like no this is their deal uh and they're going to kind of uh not not question things but they are um they, they, they definitely shake up the dynamic of the main cast we've come to know. Uh, so that's that's really cool that, you know, a patch story is usually, hey, we're trying to wrap up previous things and lead into the next thing. Whereas this feels like, no, we're already getting there. Um, yeah. And that's uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Listen, and that's uh, there's all a bunch of new gear. There's new PVP stuff. There's I don't know, all, all, there's. Those are the main things, like the raid, the story, Island Sanctuary. But there's so much other thing, other things around the edges that new tribal are also quests exciting. coming soon. Yeah, we got tribe quests, uh, tribal quests coming soon. In the next patch, we have new relic weapons, more Manderville stuff. That's going to be in October. Uh, but <laughs> for now, it's just like there's so much to chew on. If you if you are a Final Fantasy fourteen sicko, there's so much more around the edges that, I mean, it's only been one day really, so we're going to be digging into that. Um, and we have all, almost all that stuff covered on hit video game website, fanbuy.com. Yeah. Um, Go there. Click on the ads. Tell us if they're working. Yeah. yeah. If you're a sicko, we're enablers. Yes. Yeah. Just just click the ads just to make sure that they work. Yeah. Just make sure that they work. Tell us tell us that they're working and then yeah. sign up for the goods and services to make sure <laughs> that those are working. And then we'll know that they're good ads and we'll yeah. keep yeah. doing them. So I mean, Square Enix <laughs> could have ended the free trial without saying anything yeah. and still continuing to advertise it. You won't personally know until you sign up for the free trial. Yeah. Yes. On fanbyte.com. By clicking our yeah. <laughs> through, through fanbyte.com. Oh. Uh, 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 a game that does not have a free trial but i think all three of us have played am i wrong about this i've not played three you've not played three okay 
Xenoblade Chronicles 3, we're, we're coming back in. We already talked about this a little bit last week. Just like we hadn't talked about Final Fantasy 14 as it, as it is now because we were we were still waiting for new stuff. Uh, but we did talk a little bit about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 the other week. So let's do a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 check in real quick yeah. with Michael. Oh, hi. I put in another three or four hours into it. Hell yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. I, I, I like it a lot. I like how... I, I like how mature it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, so last time I talked, uh, I think I was, I was right before the point in which you meet the rest of the party. Um, so now I have ah. actually spent time with the, with the rest, uh, rest of the party. And yeah, there's, it's a really cool dynamic. Uh, I've, I was talking to a friend uh, of friend of the site, uh, Cameron Hawkins mm. about, RPG dynamic character party dynamics where um, like the party members don't like each other necessarily. I think that's a that's a cool thing to play off of. Yeah, um, they don't trust each other at all. And, you know, yeah, like, not at first. Yeah. And I think in contrast to Soul Hackers 2, which tries to do the same thing, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I mean, one blows that game out of the water. I mean, <laughs> for one, but uh, it does it. It does it like in, in and of itself. It does it really well uh, because I it it's so good about establishing the the stakes and where these characters come from and what, like what motivates them and why, why they don't have trust for each other. And the point in which they finally meet, you want to talk about an incredibly well choreographed, just anime bullshit fight scene. Oh god. my God. It is like one of the best in recent memory. I'm so glad you got to that fucking moment. <laughs> it's so cool. It's I, so I, good. I was holding my back myself back from talking about it when it became clear that you hadn't got the full party yet. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, that means Michael hasn't seen Oh, oh shit. Okay. God. Uh it's it's so cool. And like it does the anime thing of like, oh yeah, we're fighting and we have this internal dialogue and I'm going to stare you down because I need to wait for the dialogue to finish. But it always feels like, it, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's really well done. So it doesn't, it doesn't fall into the trap of like, here's like a bunch of anime stereotypes. Right. Uh, so, oh, and then the, when they finally like have the transformation thing that happens in there. And um, I think the way that, and this, I think, I feel like this is a pattern early on in Xenoblade Chronicles Three, but they're so good about communicating lore and uh, narrative stuff without having to explicitly explain it to you, yeah. rather than showing characters are going through this thing, and it implies so much about the game's world. So you don't have to sit through a like characters having dialogue that's actually expl- just there to explain lore to you. It's like. Once you see this thing happen, you know exactly what this what this game is about. Uh, so, yeah, through the first like six, seven, eight hours, it has a lot of that, and the, I really the, like that. It's I appreciate that. I think that happens very early, like the, during that fight scene. Is like basically, I think the game has been out long enough. We can say the thing that happens in like the first two hours of the game, really. Oh yeah. But and I'll also a friend of the site, uh, Eric Van Allen, talked about this a few weeks ago. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so people already know it there, but like. They basically you you very quickly learn that like oh the these specific people in this crew that you can have um your your core crew of six people uh has specific pairings where if they get in sync they can fuse together and turn into like a Xenoblade Chronicles X style mech 
Um, yeah. And it's Pacific Rim rules, too. So they share memories and they're, they're like working together internally and stuff like that. So there's this moment where they first fuse together for the first time. And it's like they see all of each other's like childhood memories and trauma and stuff like that. And it's not like the game just like sits there and like bombards you over the head with it. It's like the characters are like, oh, shit, like this is this person's entire life. I don't have time to process this right now because we're fighting a big fucking metal demon that came out of nowhere that I didn't even know existed five minutes ago. But apparently <laughs> my whole worldview has been turned upside down because this cockney accented motherfucker that looks like an Ava unit just showed up <laughs> and I got to fucking deal with that right now. But like over time, we will maybe start to unpack some of that stuff in conversations at campsites and stuff. It does a lot of the stuff that like there was a lot of prom- I always thought that there was a lot of promise in the early hours of Final Fantasy 15 about which is like characters hanging out together, talking uh, sharing stories, sharing their feelings at camps and stuff like that while you do like side stuff. But it's like way more fleshed out than Final Fantasy 14 ever allowed that or 15 ever allowed that stuff to be. Yeah. And it's just like such a core part of the game because you the, like pretty early on. I don't even know if you're at this part yet, but like at a certain point they learn, oh, we have to get to this certain objective um, that we've been told. We don't aren't sure what it is, but it's going to take us two months to get there. It's like, Jesus, mm, two yeah. months. OK, wow. I guess let's get started. And so it gives all that stuff time to breathe and it like takes advantage of the super long runtime that these games often have by letting that stuff kind of like unravel naturally and organically. We talked about this a bunch last week, too, but it's just like it's so good at that stuff. And it's like such a nice distillation of like all the stuff that Xenoblade has had in the past, but has not necessarily used to the fullest, like the super, super long runtimes. Those like Mm -hmm. I feel like the first and second game, I like the first game a lot. Both games are a little padded. Yeah, sure. They don't need to be 80 hours. They're longer than they need to be for sure. Totally. This one feels like they're at least doing stuff with that time. They're like, they're making, we talked about it last week, but it's like the, all of the stuff with the, with the, with the camps and how every single camp that you like liberate in the game has like a unique storyline to it with dialogue and cutscenes and characters that have emotions and, you know, wants and needs. And it ties all into the side quests that you do in that area, which then levels up that, that camp. So it, it doesn't just like say the, do the, do the Assassin's Creed thing of like, okay, you flip it from red blue congratulations move on it's a checklist territory percentage yeah totally no it it doesn't do that at all it's like no you're you're, we're going to write all of this dialogue and like it's going to be pretty interesting and like build up on the world and like you know play into the idea of like trying to heal these two people who have been pitted like the game wears its like political messaging on its sleeve to a certain degree too because it's like the whole thing early on is like that you basically find out that these two factions of people who are basically in it together uh there's not there's we're not so different you and i type situation yeah yeah. have been like forced to fight and kill each other for the amusement and gain of a ruling class uh in the background of like these 12 guys the the god what are they even called the the red guys the red guys the red guys the the pre the prefectuses something like that that's not a sick name (laughs) <laughs> that's oh, my new yeah. final fantasy 14 villain uh prefectus uh alarian oh. no it's it's funny you mentioned how well the cutscenes are done because like that for all of xenoblade 2's faults i think the cutscenes of that game are both higher budget than you usually see for like a nintendo game and better directed than oh, yeah. you would think mm-hmm. for like a jrpg mm-hmm. like you compare it to like Tales of Arise cutscenes, which are a a higher budget Tales game, which has like uh, what's the word I'm looking for, mocap vo- cutscenes and all that jazz, but the actual direction is not that great. No, Xenoblade Two, they definitely like 
went, okay, we want this to be directed and choreographed like an anime fight scene. Yeah. So Ooh, we're going yeah. to go, we're going to make an effort to make it look like that. Yeah. And it's good to hear they didn't lose that with three. Yeah. Three mm-hmm. is like, what if we, we had that direction from Xenoblade Chronicles two, but with characters you actually like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we y'all had a conversation with Eric Van Allen. I actually talked. I was on Axe of the Blood God last week too. And we mm, talked about mm-hmm. it there. So oh, Eric Van Allen is a well-known Xenoblade Chronicles three enjoyer. Yeah, uh, what, what is, talk to us. What's the Dunban thing you and Eric keep referring to? Oh, also, I I was talking about <laughs> Chronicles three, <laughs> and so I was comparing the openings of the different uh, Xenoblade games. And I was th- I was talking about how strong three's opening is because like how great it is at establishing its world without having to say much. Um, and I was saying like yeah one and two like they're they're good but they're just not compared because like you know in in one it, it's cool and all that you know you have the opening war cutscene and ev- everyone's like oh my god Dunban Dunban and I saw <laughs> so I was talking about how, how hot Dunban is and I was like mm-hmm, yo mm-hmm. Dunban with your with your 12 inch dick dick me down or whatever <laughs> that's what I said and everyone was like hey yo relax and I was like ah oh, shit it's like oh I'm just a big fan of Dunban you know what I'm saying look look at the guy look at the guy oh my god Dunban is like probably the hottest one of the hottest characters of all time I'm not gonna hold you like Dunban ooh. Uh, so yeah, that's basically what happened, and now I uh, I have blessed ninety nine potions with my Dunban thirst. Listen, I mean Dunban Dunban's all right. Uh, Dunban, I, I don't know. As a fan of anime, uh, ladies, men, and everything else, kind of a diet Oron. Like I don't know. Uh, damn, damn, we're gonna have to fight. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get done banned off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm basic. Uh, uh, no, Dunbad's yeah. cool though. I like Dunbad a lot. He's, I like he's the thing definitely where, like, the best character in that game. That's looking. the cool thing in games like that where what what was it? His like hand was injured, so yeah. he had to use his left hand for the entire game. He so he's not like like offhand, yeah. Yeah, so he's not the super strong like there's a reason he isn't just solving every single problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, they also put it like that's a cool thing for a game to do. Absolutely, it's a cool yeah. thing, yeah. And it looks cool because he always has like his one like arm of his jacket because his like right arm is paralyzed, so he's always got like his arm like hidden inside of his jacket and he's just fighting one handed style. It's pretty yeah. good. Dunban. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, Xenoblade. I'm I, really I, feeling I, it. I, like, <laughs> I really, I really like uh, that. Lands wants something meteor. God, Lands and Senna, their whole dynamic of like everybody in this crew is just like, I don't know if I can trust these guys. We've been fighting, you know. We have this generational blood feud between these two factions, and then the himbo and the bimbo just like are like, you like working out? I like working out too. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's work out together. And yeah, they just like immediately yep. like predator handshake. <laughs> it's uh yeah it's it's yeah there's a lot of dynamics like that um god yeah. Roll, yeah. that yeah a great great character designs all around mio noah oh yeah just oh, this, this game's got cat girls in it so uh, it's who, it's who a, am i to say no it's a quality cat girl too mio it's good look anyway we got news we got news to talk about this is what we threatened at the beginning of the show I don't know. We don't. We don't have a new seg- segment oh. name for it. I'll think of a new segment okay. name. At some point. I, I, I was thinking like I don't know for some reason. Oh, because I was I was on when I said I was on Axe of the Bug Lad. Every transition had like a little tune. So as soon as there's ah. news, it's like they would play like a little little jingle or whatever. And I was like waiting for the jingle. <laughs> All right, Paul. Well, get on that. 
Imran, as the news master, the news meister, the Mike Rula, Sheikh Zula, Gamescom <laughs> opening night live happened. <laughs> I don't know. It did. Uh, not like the most exciting show of all time, but that's kind of always been the case that opening night live is sandwiched between Summer Games Fest and uh, the Game Awards. Yeah. So it's like you can't really get all the, the real hot bangers for this show. Yeah, despite you, having Keeley there. Yeah, you, you put them on the other things. This one's... This one is the show where Keeley f- clearly flew in like a day or two before Boy. and is also very obviously jet lagged. And like this show is just happening whether anyone wants it to or not. The I've not seen the show at all because I was like head down in Final Fantasy 14 with Mike and Michael uh, yesterday. But I've seen exactly one clip, which is like him introducing the like Justin Roiland game and like asking the audience, like, is everybody a fan of Rick and Morty? And just like dead silence from everyone in the crowd. So he was doing that before every single segment. Like, who here's a, a fan of Dune? Who here remembers Lords of the Fallen? Who here's a fan of Borderlands? And, like, I think if you're going to do that, I would bet that it wasn't dead silence. I would bet that they just didn't they mic, didn't up, mic the crowd. up the crowd. Yeah. Which is, like, you have to do that. Otherwise, it sounds like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, brutal. Like, it it made my skin crawl. The, the Justin Roiland one, especially. But it, also, that game just seems like, oh, I can't really talk about that game because I was working at Squatch when it was oh, being developed. Right. But, it, yeah, that was not a great showing for that game. Damn. Which I, one, What was it? High on Life. High on Life. Oh, okay. High on the, Life. The uh, gun, story the, about me. <laughs> the game with the gun that um makes fun of you oh, or, or something that sounds that's sounds, multiple uh, things in that game make fun of you i think <laughs> you can that's true. yeah that sounds uh what's the what, what's the word i'm looking for in in insufferable yeah i'm looking at your roundup imran right now mm-hmm. so what we got here we got the dune mmo dune awakening dunk awakening dunk yeah. awakening dunk is back uh, it was just a CG trailer and also published by Level Infinite, so which is a ten cent uh, joint, which oh is the right. same company as Fanvite. There's a uh, lot of disclaimers in this in this yeah, show, which they didn't <laughs> like. If you ever needed like a really good like um, vision into how little we know about what's going on at Tencent as a company, most of the people on staff here did not know Level Infinite was a Tencent thing until like six months after Level Infinite was announced, and yeah. we were like, "Oh yeah, Level Infinite, they're this new publisher," and they don't tell it shit. Yeah, yeah they, they don't tell us shit. We wouldn't want to know shit. But also, I found out about this thing because, like, that one leaker on Twitter said something about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess there's going to be a Dune game soon. And, like, yeah. oh, God, they don't share any, like, early info with us. So, like, don't, don't, yeah, oh, my God, what a, how tragic would that be? Right. They don't share, we don't, also don't review many of their game. What, whatever. It's, it they don't is, review many games, period, but yeah. That's, that's true. But yeah, we, we try not to do Level Infinite stuff in general. Anyway, This is dunk. a Level Infinite thing. Yeah, Dunk. And it seemed like an interesting <laughs> CG trailer until they were, they said, open world, fine. Survival, a little less on board, mm-hmm. MMO. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> it, it'll be Ark with Dune stuff, right? Like that's kind of yeah. the implication. Ark with Sandworms. And some Timothy Chalamet. Oh, okay. I'm on board now. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Perfect. I don't think actually Timothy Chalamet, but like Ah, probably Patrick Stewart. Ah, Kyle McLaughlin. Patrick Stewart did Lord uh, Lord of Shadows and was like, I'm done. 
Mm. There's there is no reason for me to ever do another video game. Yeah, I've said <laughs> everything that I need to in Castlevania: Lords of Shadow. He really like he he acted the hell out of that role. Like not so much the character, but he does the narration between levels. Yeah. And like, dude was really putting his all into it. Yeah, I and I'll say this: I mean, I've said it before on like Channel Eleven stuff. I like that first uh, Lords of Shadow game. Like that quite first a lot. game, pretty good. That first game, very good compared to the second game, oh, which is the garbage. Second game is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, Sony announced a new, a DualShock Elite here, or DualSense Elite here, uh, and they did not give any details like launch or price, which mm. I feel like are important things. So I started thinking about whether I want one of these things, but that exists. It's called the DualSense Edge. Sick. Uh, just, I'm anything you want to talk about near? Go ahead, and like. Oh, sorry. Or I'll Michael? Say, yeah, go ahead. Tell me about Lies of P. I think that's. Lies of P. Lies of Lies of D. All uh, puppets are bastards. Which is I th- that game I don't think looks terrible. I think it looks like a kind of interesting dishonored bloodborne mix that is very clearly a souls like and it's based on the public domain Pinocchio. I don't know why they gave it the worst name I've ever heard. Yeah, Lies of P. Like you could you yeah. Pinocchio is public domain. If you wanted to use the, like, are they afraid kids would be interested in the game and adults um, wouldn't because yeah, they named it Pinocchio? But yeah, it's it's a it's a Souls like that very clearly took inspiration from Bloodborne. Uh, they say it did not, but they're lying. And they like this is the first gameplay trailer for it. Yeah, and it's it shows like a a established character Pinocchio and some like. It it's the thing where every souls like trailer they have to show the thing of someone slashing at a big enemy twice then rolling out of the way so you know what kind of game it is <laughs> yeah and like this one has like two instances of that as if they didn't think you would get it the first time <laughs> <laughs> like hey did you know by the way this is like bloodborne yeah this is this is the bloodborne of puppets but yeah this is also the game as near mentioned that the last time they showed it they showed concept art of a dude with like a like a dead man or a dead puppet dead or something puppet, yeah wearing a, a ro- sign that robot said, basically yeah they're, they're wearing a sign that said all puppets are bastards uh-huh. which oh. is which is up there with Og Lives Matter. Oh, and lives matter. oh my god. <laughs> you are very much misunderstanding your ability to use this for marketing. Oh my god. Mm. I didn't I didn't realize that. That's why you said it at the top. Okay, <laughs> oh yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. This is right. the that's this is the only thing I know about this game is that the APAB sign with the <laughs> with like the robot hanging from a fucking like whatever. <laughs> It's all puppets. This shit's so stupid. It's so stupid. Oh my god! I can't believe it's nah, real. Like, nah, it's, we're, we're pulling our pulling their card. Y'all can't make this game no more. Get the, you, nah, you, stop! I, stop! I bet you money somebody thought of that. It was like, oh no, this is the cleverest shit ever. Nah, uh, <laughs> like, is, is we're, a, no, we're bringing this real. Is this a French studio? No, Michael. That's my first thought. Is like. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you're a European studio without telling me you're a European studio. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh my god! I mean, like, yo, that's like the the all oh, French studios love doing that shit. They do. Oh, they love co-opting yes. American oppression for their stories. Oh my god, David Cage, where are you at? It's fucking Idos Montreal, IDOS. where are y'all at? Yeah. Listen, oh. these fools are eating your lunch. <laughs> so, I mean, <sighs> speaking of David Cage. 
They they also announced our Quantic Dreams announced a new game, which is like not the Star what? Wars game that Wait, they're still what? not they're still not making. I missed like, this. Yeah, it's called uh, what the fuck is this called? Under the Waves, which is look, looks like a it's one of those games that they make, but like a dude in a submarine underwater. Oh. I don't know. That studio is still being run by David Cage. Yeah. Like, uh, that's the thing where, like, if you told me that, like, in a vacuum, I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm curious about that. But then, like, you tell me that it's a quantic. It's the same thing. It's literally what happened with the um, with the Star Wars Eclipse trailer where everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. And then at the end of it, it's just like, oh, uh, it's like a quantic dream game. And everybody's just like, oh. This one started with the Quantic Dream logo, so at least they like let us know up front. You should probably not care about this. Yeah, but I know, I know. Whenever a Quantic Dream thing is announced, because we have access to our numbers, and I see on <laughs> on the news thing yep. the report Natalie wrote about how David Cage was like, all the women in our game are whores, and we don't like games for like with for things slurs he has said. Like that, the numbers on that start going up again because people look up David Cage, and for some reason, we, that story is the first result <laughs> on Google. Oh my God, Natalie cannot be stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that 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 is going to outlive her. That they're still going to be talking about that fucking article like on, in a thousand years when Natalie is like dust and uh, fanbite has <laughs> never existed. People that that article will be the last like floating remnant of fanbite somewhere in the ether. That's that's an incredible legacy to leave. I can it only is. hope. To come close to that. Yeah, no matter what she does from here on out, she destroyed David Cage on Google. Yeah, she destroyed his (laughs) SEO. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. She Uh, could very much put that into a resume and get hired wherever she wants. Oh, for sure. Except Quantic Dream. Well, (laughs) I don't know, maybe. If you were going to hire... If you... If you fire right. David Cage and you Ooh. wanted to hire, make Natalie the president of Quantic oh, Dream. Is what no. like, that's like the number one like PR shift you could do. It's like, yo, not only did we get rid of David David Hokage, we also replaced him <laughs> with his arch nemesis, <laughs> Natalie Flores. Oh, God. I'm David sure she would not want to do that. Natalie, the, also the British. Leaf of, so. Or hidden QTE oh, yeah. village. God. <laughs> wow, I just got that. That's dumb. <laughs> that's dumb. But, yeah, Ron, that's yeah, very stupid, yeah. but I'm glad you said it. Uh, Moonbreaker was officially revealed. Near, you've played this game. Or not, you haven't played no. this game. You saw this game being played by no. other people. No. Oh, right. You saw people talking about wanting to tell you how this game is played. Yes. This game, from what very, very, very little I saw of it, looks cool as hell, I will say. Um, conceptually, it's it's very, very cool of an idea. Um but yeah, what happened was we got to see this game early before it was uh, before it was announced and at this thing. And uh, they did a demo for us over Discord and they were they were going to show the game being played, but their build was tied to Steam or something like that. So the it broke and we they couldn't play the game. So all I saw was screenshots and them telling us how the game was going to look eventually. <laughs> basically uh but conceptually the idea of it seems to be that they are basically trying to make a digital games workshop game which is like the warhammer miniatures uh people not not a digital work games workshop game in the sense of like the modern warhammer video games but like they're trying to actually like emulate the idea of painting mini uh, minifigs and putting them on a battlefield and having them fight in tactical turn-based battles uh, yeah. The way that you would, which is if people d- don't know, I've never done uh, minifig battle. Well, not not like these anyway, where you're actually painting your own figs. 
Um, but I used to work at a, a game store that used to sell them a lot. And uh, I can tell you, it is prohibitively expensive. It's very, very, very pricey to get into one of these games as a hobby. Uh, and they know that too. The, the people who make these games, Games Workshop, the, the Warhammer people, uh, know that the people who play their games are freaks, so they can charge them as much as they want. <laughs> uh, but this game seems to be like an original universe where everything is hand-painted or or everything in the game is painted using the painting tools that they give you to paint your figures um however you want similar yeah. to like how little big planet games are always made like using the little big planet like level creator you can paint all of your different figures you can do all kinds of like very 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 granular things they they hired professional like um, Warhammer painters to come in and do the color designs for the default colors of all their figures. And it looks very cool. It looks like really interesting. It is from the Subnautica people of, yeah. all, of all places. It, it was weird the way Jeff Keighley introduced it. Cause he was like, usually, usually when you reveal these things, you want some level of surprise for when people find out what it is. Jeff Keighley introduced like this trailer going, here's the new game from Subnautica devs. It's a turn-based minifigs game where you paint things. <laughs> it was like, okay, that's a weird way to like kind of undercut the trailer you're just about to show. Yeah, I didn't see that, but that's a bummer because it, it is a cool thing. Also, Brandon Sanderson is writing this game, who is like oh. the Mistborn author and like the guy who ostensibly finished Wheel of Time. Huh. I which is because like, like he introduced it and he was like we're just gonna see the new game and I I wrote the world and a story for it and huh. like that's by far the least exciting thing about it yeah like, I, I want to just like reading Mistborn and I did not like it <laughs> yeah I just want to play with minifigs and like the the setup they have like the the painting system which they they built from ground up and is not just like a Photoshop it, it looks like three D modeling software oh yeah yeah yeah. For sure. It's like very specific with like in-game brush tools and stuff like that or that are like, hey, if you want to like do dry paint, if you want to do like, you know, you know, scrape and do this stuff, you can put on like the uh, fake like, you know, painting lines, the 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 whiteout type thing so you can spray paint over it and keep straight lines and stuff like that. It's it's yeah, it's it's cool. It's very interesting. Yeah, uh, it's different than a lot of other of these kinds of games. There's so many tactics games. This year has actually been like weirdly very strong for strategy and tactics games. Uh, but this is definitely a way to set that apart. I'm curious. And maybe they've said this, but they didn't tell us anything at the demo. I'm very curious if this is like a multiplayer focused thing where they're going to be selling miniatures as microtransactions. Or if this is just like a single player thing where you mess around with this stuff or it's single player with multiplayer. I don't really know. Uh, from what I've seen, but um, it could just be that I just missed that stuff because it's been a very busy week. Yeah. Uh, more Gotham Knights, which was moved up a week early. Oh, okay. For some reason. And like, under any other publisher, I'd be like, cool, they're probably really confident in that game. But under Discovery WB, yeah. like, I wonder what went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what they're cutting and running from. Let's let's get this into a different like um, financial quarter by a week or whatever. So that it's not even that like it wouldn't be because the quarter would be October, November, December. Oh, okay. so it like it wouldn't matter at all. I don't know what why they did that. Yeah. They didn't even really announce it. They, they just said like they just had a date and then they announced a new date hmm. and they didn't like send a PR being we've moved it up a week early that it just well, here's a trailer. This is what we're doing now. Speaking of trailers, hey, why does Harley Quinn wear less makeup now? 
She doesn't can you really answer, wear can, makeup in the comics so much or anything like that. Like she hasn't in a long time. Right. Um, like I remember Harley Quinn from Batman, the animated series. Yeah. Where she wore like Harlequin makeup. Yeah. Which is the name made sense there. But in like over the last 15 years, they just putting less and less makeup on her in like the movies and the games to the point where now she just doesn't have any. She's just like a lady. A big part of like Harley Quinn in the modern era has been like very specifically her distancing herself from the Joker and how much she she like doesn't like the Joker as she has become kind of probably one of DC's most popular characters in a lot of ways, which is, you know, not I wasn't going to say it was weird. It's weird that they don't push her harder than they do, because like I remember, you know, when I worked at that game shop where we sold comics and stuff like anything with Harley Quinn on it, like instantly sold 10 times better than it would otherwise. But yeah, I think they've just kind of like more or less continued to distance herself from the from the Joker stuff uh, as her like character arc has been like her getting over what they have you know classified as like an abusive relationship. So that's probably just a big part of it. I guess. Okay. That that's a better reason than what I was thinking. Like if they're doing like individualist and like, you know, enabling her freedom from an abusive relationship, that's good. What I was thinking was they're putting less makeup on her because they don't think people will want to fuck a clown. Oh, <laughs> hey, don't kink shame. Yeah, don't Which kink is like, shame. I know lots of people who would be totally fine. It kind of goes back to that Genshin thing of like, we're, we're designing the character to be sexier because they did that pretty much the same time. Mm-hmm. Like ah, it, yeah. as they started removing the, the clown makeup. Listen, hmm. colorism and clown makeup. Listen, it's a real look, problem. Ca- clown makeup is colors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a thing that gets PLC, like, sounds clowns. real bad. <laughs> like, later on. That, that's going to be a career ruining uh, <laughs> oops. line later in my life. Okay. Uh, yeah. no, but well, yeah. the, the thing is they have to get through one hour, one full hour of 99 potions, which is like, hey, listen, you're helping us. Yeah. Yeah. That's At true. this point, you, you've you've already paid us. Oops, yeah, I think. Metrics. We're clearly making money off uh, this thing. I have to assume it is, it is the that first thing though, because like yeah, like her solo series was like a very big deal at the time um, mm-hmm. when it when it first launched and stuff like that. And it, it, like it is very like the, the Harley Quinn in the modern context is like very much like Harley Quinn is a solo act who is dating Poison Ivy and has been for a very long time, and that's the romance between those characters right now. Um, is is Harley and Ivy have been together for a very good long time. I think that's, I've not seen that cartoon, but my understanding is that's like a huge part of that cartoon as well. But that, that mostly originates. I mean, that technically originates with like, I forget what the episode is called. There's a, there is an episode of uh, Batman, the animated series about um, Harley and Ivy. It might be just be called Harley and Ivy actually. And then like Harley and Ivy became a comic series. There was Gotham city sirens. I might be the actual Genesis of that where it's Harley, Ivy and Catwoman all is like a, a crew that is just like going through Gotham, just tearing shit up. But um, yeah, the, the, that, that uh, I forget the Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, I think are the, author and writer on or the the artist and writer on the harley series and yeah that's very much been the direction that they've taken her into more of an anti-hero role that like got over the joker's abusive relationship type thing and now she's like struck out on her own okay that's good uh speaking of striking on her own uh spotify has apparently given kojima presumably a lot of money to start a podcast Okay. Which which he announced on the show, and then it was like, also Jeff Keighley has a segment on it, which I think is the funniest fucking thing of all of this. <laughs> Let's be would be like Jeff Keighley's news report part of the podcast is <laughs> what Hideo Kojima came here to announce. Weird. Oh, wow. And like yeah. he didn't even go there. He was like he beamed in a message, but it, he imp- like Keighley implied Kojima was there, 
it, it, it's a very funny segment if you want to go back and watch it. I didn't put the video in because it's like <laughs> also fucking stupid. I'm not going to put a video in of Kojima announcing a podcast. But like the Spotify logo was like in focus behind him. It's really strange. Huh. <laughs> uh, they announced the Pokemon car, which is the new Mini Cooper. But like it's only a concept car and they're not actually going to release it. But like it's an electric car. So when it's fully charged up, the dashboard just shows like a picture of cute Pikachu on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I would spend like $30,000 on that car, but if I think if I had an opportunity and I needed a car, I would highly consider buying a Pokemon electric car. Sure. I don't know if I can have an electric car here in Fargo. I don't know what the, what the charging situation is for most of the stuff around here. Yeah, I think if I left San Francisco, then it would be difficult, maybe, well, maybe not extremely difficult, but difficult to, like, keep my car charged, and I would need to, like, own a house that has a charging port in the garage. Like, here I probably wouldn't need to, here I would probably, like... Right, you could just, just fill yeah. up, I don't know every, what people say. Every mall around here has a, some electric car thing, so it would not be impossible. Uh, Dead Island 2 still exists. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a surprise. Well, the release date was surprisingly not announced, but it was just said out in the wild before Gamescom happened. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Amazon listed as February 3rd. Then they said it again at Gamescom. But like, I don't know. This is the like their big final thing. I didn't. I don't really care about Dead Island. I assume no. I assume this is going to do well because Dead Island 1 did well. Dying yeah. Light does well. Like presumably this will sell well but like i don't know they showed this and i just kind of didn't really feel anything about it i'm a little <laughs> burnt out on especially after dying light 2 was just like not what i wanted at all like dying light 2 kind of put me off of the whole like open world zombie apocalypse with first person thing i guess i don't know if you want to call that a, like a sub genre at this point or whatever but like dying light 2 is just like had mm, the the writing and quest design in Dying Light 2 was so fucking terrible that, like, I'm good for a little while on, like, the whole zombie thing. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is the way video games are treating zombies now is they just exist in this world as essentially just obstacles. Yeah. You are very casual about the fact that they're zombies because they're, like, I don't know, they're, they're like, a ambient damage in a Mega Man game. Mm, sure. Yeah. And Dying Light 2 was that to the, like the ninth, ninth degree, nth degree of the the real monster is humans. As long as you stay on the rooftop and go into a building before night, you're good. I don't the way De- Dead Island 2 presented their initial CG trailer of yeah, there's zombies, but you're still trying to live your life is just so boring to me now. Mm-hmm. Like either make them a threat or don't. I I don't care for more oh I'm there's zombies around and I have a cricket bat. I'm gonna hit them until the cricket bat breaks. Yeah, I can make it electric and yeah, the 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 whole like weapon durability thing. Like I mean I like weapon dur- durability sometimes. I like equipment durability in some contexts and stuff like that, but just like I don't know, the the crafting a, a cricket bat covered in barbed wire that's electrified or whatever thing has just I don't know, the shine has come off that apple a little bit. Nothing about dying or about Dead Island 2 has come out jumped out to me and been like, ah, this is the thing that sets it apart. Yeah. Also, as you said, 
Dying Light 2 exists to the and the they are so similar in my head that when I was putting in the assets for Dead Island 2 last night, I named all of them Dying Light because I legitimately <laughs> did not remember. So I had to delete them all and then rename them because we have a name-based like image search system. Right. Yeah, if we ever like, wanted to find Dead Island stuff again, we wouldn't be able to. We had to look up Dying Light stuff. But like I didn't realize until I was like writing up thing like, oh right, this thing is called Dead Island, not Dying Light. Also, takes place in Los Angeles, not an island. They gave up that conceit (laughs) one game in. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, yeah, LA's not really an island. Well, maybe in this world, like, the world has flooded in a way and sea Uh levels have risen to the where... LA is just somehow got sectioned off from the rest of California. I don't know. Well, it takes place after um, the rock movie, right? Oh, it's San like Andreas. Yeah. San Andreas. Yeah. San GTA. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it's <laughs> like that, uh, that Bugs Bunny thing of him just like sawing off part of the stage. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's the opening. That's the opening cutscene to this game. God. Uh, he just saws off. Like, I, I kind of hope Los that Angeles. they do something that stupid of like, we tried to quarantine Los Angeles by blowing up the border. Or something. Sure. <laughs> and it started floating away. So now yeah. it is an island. I would, th- you know what? Island. Yeah. If they're, if they, they go super, super ridiculous, like Dead Island one took itself seriously, but it, that game is goofy as fuck. Like that yeah. game is like the who do you voodoo bitch opening, like the, which they reference in Dying Light two, which is very stupid. Um, but like, but like that, the, yeah. the initial trailer they showed for Dead Island one was like so dramatic and serious. So somber. And the game wasn't that at all. Not in the slightest. Damn. Anyway. That's, yeah. That's basically opening night live. Uh, they showed Homeworld three gameplay for oh, the first did. time, which I can talk about just very super briefly. Cause we should probably start burning through some of this. Um, I got to play Homeworld three last week, uh, or Ooh. early this week. What is time? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I, if people don't know what Homeworld is, Homeworld is a old ass video game from 20 years ago now, uh, that was a relic joint, um, because of Warhammer games these days, actually, uh, and Company of Heroes and stuff like that. But what differentiated it from other real-time strategy games at the time, uh, besides just like a very, 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 very striking mood and tone, it take, like that game came, the original game came out like years before that reboot of Battlestar Galactica on sci-fi that was very popular and you can very much see that like oh the Battlestar Galactica people just borrowed a ton of ideas from Homeworld like from the music and the tone and the visuals and the way that like camera angles are showing spaceships out in space but that was the the thing about it It was that it was a real-time strategy game where you were in space and you were a single ship and your was your base basically uh, instead of building uh, different facilities and things like that, you would move through space and send out like harvesters to go mine asteroids and bring them back to you. And whatever you collected and whatever you lost would carry with you into the next mission. So if you, you know, went into uh, mission three and you only have $35 in your pocket, that's all you have in that mission. And you have to find more along the way. So there was sort of this persistent campaign idea in addition to it being a 3D space which was kind of cool. And uh, Homeworld 3 is the first one of these that they've done. They did a prequel called Homeworld Deserts of Korak, which is pretty good. I reviewed that for Ars Technica back in the day. That was a few years ago now. Uh, That was a more traditional top-down thing because it takes place before they get to space. Uh, But Homeworld 3 is like back to the Homeworld 1, Homeworld 2 style of 3D open world, uh, or or 3D open environment 
um, real-time strategy game. And uh, they're doing a lot of cool stuff with that spatial awareness type thing where uh, if you like, there will be, you know, giant hulks of uh, destroyed capital ships floating through the stars. And if you tell your, like one of your uh, little fleets to go towards one of those things, they will automatically use it as cover while they reload their guns and then flip around the other side and shoot at other ships and stuff like that. You can like uh, escape sensor detection by like hiding inside of hulks and stuff like that, uh, that they show in some of the trailers. And I got to experience that in some of the levels. So there's like a lot of hunting with sending out probes that expands your sensor range. And it seemed really cool. Like um, I'm into a lot of those ideas outside of like the cover system and all that stuff. It seems like more homeworld, which is good to me because they haven't made one of those games since 2003 uh not not in this style anyway and uh it seems like it's pretty good which is good to hear because they announced this thing like ages ago and it, they have not shown anything from it for a while and gearbox owns the ip now which is weird they're not making it but they're publishing it yeah uh, so it's a it's a cool thing uh, hey, speaking yeah. of gearbox randall randall pitchford was there also at opening night live yeah. To talk about new, new tales from the Borderlands, <laughs> which is coming out uh, very like very October. Soon. Yeah, uh, they showed a trailer. It does not seem good, based on just the well. It did not match the tone. I think of Tales from the Borderlands, which I feel like is probably Telltale's best game in this. Oh, for sure. Regardless of what you think of uh, how Telltale was doing and how Gearbox like. How, whether or not they've improved over the last couple of years, the gearbox is not telltale. Like their writing is nowhere near that level. So they are writing. They 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 took the the reins and said like we can do that. They have not confirmed otherwise, and that's all we can assume at the moment. Okay, interesting. But Rand- Randall came out and he said, "I'm glad to finally officially announce new tales of the Borderlands," and I don't know what he means by that. Because he officially announced Tales from the Borderlands in April. I am, I literally have a video open right now of him doing it at the Gearbox panel in PAX East. Weird. So I don't know what the fuck he is talking about. He was, uh, he was allegedly maybe. He will yell at us at Twitter on, on Twitter about that, Michael. So we're not going to say what the fuck, like, allege what he is doing or anything like that. I am saying I don't know what it means he's here to officially announce it because that game was announced months ago. I wrote a story about it. I'm looking at an image of him announcing it right now. Weird. Is it just God, like a, a situation? Piece of work. I think he just misspoke. But like, yeah, I think it's one of those things where if you t- say, hey, Randall Pitchford, you misspoke. He's probably going to go, no, why are you fucking me on this? I was <laughs> I, I meant this. Oh Everyone knows I meant this. Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. God. One of Ugh. the great sweaty carnies of our industry. Randall Pitchford. <laughs> uh, I love I, Michael. Did you were you ever a Telltale fan? Like more generally, do you have opinions no. about Telltale games? I'm sure I, I'm sure I would. I would like Telltale games. I just kind of flew under my radar yeah so I, I respect them from afar uh, and that's uh that's that's, that's pretty much it I, I yeah i respect the work so i would say as like a as a fan of a uh like a 13 sentinels aegis rim type of player like you i would uh, i would assume that you would like maybe a story driven game oh yeah yeah i've i've been meaning to play the wolf among us um i like that one a lot yeah 
Yeah. It's also very good. Yeah. yeah. Not as many anime girls in um, the Telltale movie. <laughs> See, that's the, thing, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem right there. Yeah. Uh, Walking Dead uh, seemed really cool too. Like, I think, I think I would like that. I did an interview with uh voice actress for who? No, wait, did I? Ah, fuck. I can't remember. But I, that's I, how you I, know I, you've been in this industry for <laughs> like that you're a vet now is like, I, wait, did I do that? Or was that somebody else when you have those things where, or when you go onto Google and see like, I wonder what the GameSpot review said for X game that came out in 2007. Oh <laughs> like, shit. I oh, reviewed what? that in 2007. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki uh, was asking me yesterday, like what, how does it feel to have seen so many video games that you can't even keep track of which ones have come out and which ones haven't like, it didn't feel weird until you said this. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're the one who made it weird. Like. <laughs> Nikki just like tried to very politely ask you, "What's it feel like to be old?" <laughs> <laughs> Nikki is like perpetually like 22. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> Nikki is not that much younger than us, but they feel oh, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <sighs> well. well there's some other stuff going on in video games right now. Uh, we'll probably burn through some of this. Uh, the Embracer group bought more, sh- way more shit. I forgot all about this. Like, that's how long ago that feels. Um, they bought Lord of the Rings, which is a thing the you can just buy. That was when that was that Thursday. Last that was week? last week. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's that. wow. It's time. <laughs> I could have sworn that was like two weeks ago. No. Nope. Time doesn't matter. It's all a simulation. It's fine. Yeah, yeah so, that's true. Yeah, they bought a bought they bought everything. God damn. Talk about oh well, yeah. Let's talk about like corporate consolidation or of IPs and properties and shit. Um yeah, it's I don't know. It makes me it doesn't give me faith in when um like a much bigger corporation just seizes properties for the sake of like their expectation, as we've seen, is probably going to be, hey, turn this thing into a moneymaker. Turn Lord of the Rings into the next Star Wars where we just pump out a whole bunch of shit that's going to make a shit ton of money. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. And of course, like as we've seen with the, the Warner Bros. Discovery stuff is that a lot of people just get fucked over in the process. I mean, yep. I'm not saying that like that's currently happening with Embracer and all their acquisitions, but it's just I don't know. I I see you see shit like this happen more frequently, more often until three corporations own all 1000, 2000 properties or whatever. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I don't think this would make the acquisition spree good, but I would feel slightly less bad about it. If saints row didn't suck. Yeah. Oh, that's the yeah. thing. Like that game like, feels, and it, it sucks in a way that feels like it was very specifically, you no, know, you're going to get this out of the door right now. Right. Like, mission text not showing up and just placeholder text being in its place like really drastic bugs of that not only like affect your game but affect every save file that you have for the game yeah like i don't know if it's rampant it's everybody who's reviewing this game is like saying like yeah I, i got about 10 hours in and then everything just died yeah we did not review that game i don't know if there's like you can read Merit's preview if you want to know how we f- how Fanbyte seems to feel about that game. Yeah, we didn't get but an early copy of the of it again. We did not get an early copy. And looking at the reviews, I am not shocked. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did they, not get an early copy. They saved us the trouble. <laughs> they said, yeah, y'all don't want to play this. <laughs> it's a, I'll say you can read some of that stuff on online. You can read Merritt's, uh, Merritt has a couple of different write-ups about it. Uh, Imran, you wrote an article about like not having a review and stuff like that, but it's just like, I will say this um, and just let people draw their own conclusions from it. It's very rare to get flown out to Las Vegas or uh, subsequent places or, or similar places for a preview event and then not get review code afterwards. Right. At that point, they've already spent the money to market to you in a way that like we want coverage from your website or outlet for this thing. So not sending code is saying we think we will lose more money on your coverage than we would not having you do it. <laughs> yeah. Which draw your own conclusions yeah. about what that could mean. Yeah. I'm not saying they didn't send it to, they, to us because they thought we would trash it. I'm saying we didn't get code. <laughs> Michael is saying that. Yeah. I'm saying that they knew. They're like, oh, damn. Y'all, ooh, y'all, y'all are going to be like real brutal about this. And I don't know. I mean, of course, we like you said, it didn't get review code, but I mean, it's it's like I don't know if you were in their position. I mean, maybe it's a tactical decision that maybe I respect in yeah. some regard. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, if it were uh, me allegedly. running PR from that game and somebody wrote a preview that was like, "Yeah, this game kind of sucks," I probably wouldn't send them code because <laughs> I assumed that the review would be similar, knowing what the final game is apparently like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. Well, yeah. we, uh, we, I don't. I have not played it, so, but it doesn't yeah. sound good. None of us have played it. They're sending us a theory. I don't know at this point. They're sending us theoretically launch code. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's just uh, honestly, it's kind of a bummer to me, though, I will say, because like I actually when they first showed Saints Row, I remember a lot of people trashing it at the time because people jumped to the conclusion. Of me. It was a very weird conclusion in retrospect where it's like they had a bunch of like named characters in the original trailer and people are like, they're taking out custom character creation. It's like. Why would you just assume that when they didn't say that? But okay, there are named characters in regular Saints Row games in the original Saints Row games. But I was like actually kind of like excited by the idea of like hitting the reset button on some of that. Because like by the time you get to Saints Row 4 and then get out of hell and all that stuff, it's so over the top. And it's like, I like, I kind of like the Saints Row 3 and even a little bit of 2 uh, thing of like just some fucking scoundrels just kind of like getting up to some dirt you know doing some criminal escapades you know especially now in a post fast in the furious all you know our anti-terrorist unit cops now at this point i want to be out there stealing dvd players and stuff like that i want to get some antics and like hitting the reset on that stuff a little bit and like making car driving you know more important again seemed like a cool thing to me and the you know the as much as it sounds like the the, the writing is not a strong suit of the game, uh, even among a game that doesn't have many strong suits, period. Um, I, you know, thought that the basic idea of like, oh, they're, they become criminals to pay off their student loans. I thought that was a fun idea. So I'm a little bit bummed by this. I like Saints Row quite a bit. Yeah. I, again, haven't played the game. We don't know whether or not like every review could be wrong and the game is actually fantastic for us personally, but I am bummed because I really like the third. And yeah. I thought, fourth four was good i it's been 11 years since the third it's sad it's entirely possible volition's not the same volition it was 11 years ago yeah post post like 
length of time, obviously, but also their parent company died. They got bought by a new parent company. The new that company got bought by another parent company. And yeah, now right. now like what even is that studio anymore? Is it the same people or is it just an IP that no longer actually is a like that is not being serviced to its fullest extent? Or is it like publisher interference is saying this game needs to fucking come out right now or you're all fired? Or is it all these things? <laughs> I mean sorry, Michael, it sounded like you're gonna say something. I'm all out of things to say about Saints Row. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna last thing I was just gonna say is like I think you could drop I, I think it would be the the mm, game being this buggy and having like missing assets and stuff like that and like placeholder text in multiple places that people are reporting. It's pretty indicative of publisher interference. Like, I don't think yeah. that's a thing that most developers just do for the for, because they're lazy. You know, that yeah. just doesn't that's not how this business works. The yeah. writing and all that other stuff may be something. Yes. Maybe that's the other part. It has yeah. other problems beyond that, for sure. Or I, I it, it, allegedly, allegedly. I lied. Uh, <laughs> you have more to say? I, I mean, just from like the clips people are sharing, it's, I mean, I, okay. There's a lot of people who are out here saying like, oh, that's just Saints Row when they share like clips of Saints, the new Saints Row being cringy. I just, it doesn't have, like, God, this is, this is kind of the similar problem I have with Soul Hackers too, is that like, it's, it's written in such a soulless way yeah. that it, it comes off as super cringy because it doesn't it doesn't have any personality of its own it's just like here's a cool joke that we're going to keep repeating because if we repeat it enough then that is what makes it funny uh-huh. and oh my god it's so bad like oh like some of the stuff from like the older saints rows are you know they're funny because they're super ridiculous and over the top it's i'm not saying it's like yakuza level type stuff no. but it's like the absurdist humor is you know it's part and parcel to the saints row universe but this isn't even like absurdist humor it's just like i don't know it's it just it sounds like really bad improv and yeah ah, god damn and so, some of the shit like bless was telling me about like the because he, he was playing he reviewed it for uh kf yeah. oh that game broke he literally said it broke him yeah oh. the game broke and then it broke him damn yeah so yeah uh, i mean I, I trust a lot of people i trust who have said as much it's it, it's weird to say, but Saints Row Three had like people say like oh it's just yeah it's always just been toilet humor. Saints Row Three had heart. Saints Row Four also had heart, but there was like a like the sometimes the the goof was just like it was just commitment to a bit that was yeah. like not real. It wasn't like. Uh, setting out to try to make you like force you to laugh the way that like uh, it feels like some of this stuff is it is just like here we're going to do a thing and we are going to go all the way through it and we're going to take it to its natural conclusion you're going to deal with it. like the the one of the very famous things from saints row the third is like the the joke about like um uh bismarck he comes on or whatever or or like sublime comes on the radio and then all the saints in the car just like one by one starts singing and like they just got all those voice actors to sing fucking sublime or whatever and that's it that's the whole joke the the joke is just like everybody sings along with this little song that they like and it's just like there's a warm fuzziness to it on top of the other stuff and then sometimes it's like we added a zombie mode where just your character just talks like a zombie and just every single line of the dialogue in the entire game has been replaced by a guy going which is a good (laughs) joke but at at some point like you can't you can't build shangri-la again yeah like you can't like Mm. saints row three part of the reason that thing was so good and so endearing was we didn't know what to expect from that game. Right. We yeah. expected another GTA ripoff and they managed to make one with heart. 
Yeah. And so like, even if you do the same thing, if you make another one with heart, it's not going to be the same. It won't be as good, especially if you're going through like, hey, we went too far last time. We're going to pull it back. We're going to go back to our roots. And then you go back to your roots and it's not as good. Yeah. Suddenly you're like, okay, well, you would have been better off if you just said nothing. This has got to be it, though, too, right? Like, when no, you, this series when is you dead. Say that, that's, this series dead, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Unless this somehow <laughs> sells, like, super fucking well despite the reception. Like, I'm talking we're doing, like, a good 12 million. Yeah. Then this is not – I don't think this is going to be worth it because they spent a lot of money counting the delays and the marketing and all that jazz. This is, I think, the first AAA game developed entirely under Embracer. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this. this is, I think – they're them testing their like testing the water to see if this like triple a gaming is for them. And I would not be shocked if they just say no after this. Yeah. Like it's, which is again, partially their fault. Cause they clearly rushed this game. They yeah. clearly put out a date that they could not hit even after a delay. But yeah, this is, this is not it. This is, this did not hit. And <laughs> this this ain't is it chief. <laughs> and this oh, is, I God. think, Probably the last. I would not be shocked if it's the last uh, original thing we see from Volition. Oh God damn! So it's, you know what? So what happens when you go woke? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I always I hate. I always hate when like the thing that's part of it because like Merritt wrote that thing of yeah, you're not making yeah. a like cultural statement from buying Saints Row like just because the game is quote unquote woke or whatever or just not anti-woke not conservative doesn't mean you're doing anything by paying money for it (laughs) but on the other side of the the converse side (laughs) of that is it really kind of sucks when something Mm. that is part of a culture war that conservatives and people like that tend to Mm. hate yeah sucks like legitimately (laughs) i like we mentioned wheel of time that wheel of time tv show that a lot of people like why is this so like they're cramming diversity into this I would love it if that show was good so those people would shut the fuck up. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> but it's not bad because it's inclusive. It's bad because it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. Uh. Most most media is bad. Like if you, you <laughs> just take it on the whole, like most books that come out every year are bad. That's just like the nature of creation to a certain degree. And it's especially the nature under like, again, part one of the biggest reasons that this game is bad by the sound of it is because it was rushed out to meet like like unrealistic expectations set by like a fucked up capitalist system during a recession and yada 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 like the the stuff that makes this a lot of what makes this game bad is the stuff that like people who are like Haha, it's it's bad that's a, owning the libs because the game is bad or whatever it's just like no it's is bad partially because the the systems under which we make art oftentimes produce bad art more often than not it's a miracle that anything is ever good yeah. Damn. Speak it's on a, it. It's a miracle that games come out in the first place and yeah. that any of them are good video games. Anyway, we can move on to other Chud, chud news. Uh, Nexus Mods says, shut up, Chuds, according to this article. Oh, yeah. Got here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, which is cool. This is one. Yeah. This one's fun. The long and short of it is that, like, remember when there was, like, Pride Flag? There was, like, one or two Pride Flags in Spider-Man on PS4? And, like, people... Yeah. And like Insomniac took a real weird victory lap over that. Like, cool, you did that, great. It's pride flags. And then one of the first things people did in Spider-Man PC was mod them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think there were more by that point. I there weren't one or two. There were probably more than that. But like, 
people mod them out and they hosted that mod on Nexus mods and Nexus mod deleted it. And then the guy tried to make an alt and do it again. And they deleted that and banned the guy and his original account. And they were like, Hey, we're not going to discuss this with you. Like people were saying, this is like anti-free speech. This is censorship. Like, what does it matter what people do with mods? And they're like, we, we don't care what your argument is. We do not give a shit. We are not going to argue with you. You don't have a platform to argue your shitty, like bullshit here. Your band go away. And I think <laughs> yeah. that is a high point watermark lesson in community management yeah. of yep. just shut the fuck up. We're not going to listen to you. We're not going to argue with you so you can make your points to an audience. Go away. It is the, the the number of times we at Fanbyte, like me, Merritt, John, Danielle, you know, in the in the olden days and stuff like that, have had to have that argument, uh, that discussion internally about just like, hey, do we make a statement about this? Do we do blah, blah, blah? Do, and the, our answer is almost always. And, you know, sometimes it, it probably it makes us, you know, it's difficult for us to have to do to, to bite our tongues and not be like, you know, actually blah, 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 blah. It's just like, no, we just say, fuck it. We delete this. We move on with our lives. And we say jack shit because it is not worth giving a platform to to a lot of this horseshit. Yeah. The internet doesn't need to be like a free. Okay, let me rephrase that. It doesn't (laughs) be a free speech zone for everyone because there are people that are like, no, this isn't an argument. We're not arguing with you. You just have to leave now. Yeah, we are telling you that you are not entitled to our platform. Yeah. So we're kicking. It's like it's like a bar that could be like we can deny service to anybody. Right. Yeah. Because they can. And that's what a platform like Nexus Mod is doing. It's just like, yo, fuck out of here. It's also literally free speech. Like that's literally how that works is is (laughs) like you can also have the free speech to be like, actually, with my thing over here, I refuse to allow you to have your thing. A free speech is not a free platform and it's not like free entitlement to someone's time and energy and resources and stuff like that. It's so bizarre. But I I just love the idea of going, no, we're not going to argue. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just (laughs) leave. Uh, good uh, on them. Good on Nexus mods. I've used yeah. Nexus mods for a lot of different mods, so I'm glad yes. to see that they've got some good shit going on. A friend of mine makes passive income on Skyrim mods like every month in the, the two through thousands of dollars. Jeez. Oh my God. Cause he made wow. a mod like 10 years ago that people still download. Huh? Wow. Damn. I should get into modding. I was about to say we're in the wrong business, <laughs> Michael. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Uh, all right. Last thing on this list before we uh, move along and uh, grab our potion for the week. Uh, gonna probably just skim through this, but we're gonna take a little. Uh, we're gonna take a little walk into a place I like to call Destinyville. <laughs> Just means that there's a bunch of Destiny news that came oh, out. Oh shit! I didn't even realize that that, that was that I see on, on the dock. I'm like, oh shit, Destinyville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where we waste away. Let's go. Wow. Margaritaville? No, no, no one's. Uh, you're not. You're not washed up like us near. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard. I've heard of Margaritaville the song. I don't Wait. know if I've ever heard Margaritaville. I. I legitimately do not believe that. Like <laughs> I, I can buy that. Maybe you've, you've heard it and have not acknowledged it mentally in your head of, Oh, this is Margaritaville. 
Okay. I'm going to pull up Margaritaville really quickly and listen to like the first like 30 seconds. I'll jump ahead like 30 seconds into the song and see if I recognize it's, uh, any of this. Who, who, who's, it's a Warren Buffet, not Warren Buffet. <laughs> it's Warren Buffett's Margaritaville. The Warren Buffet. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Buffet? No, that's the the ring announcer. Who, who did that song? Uh, Jimmy Frank Buffett. Sinatra? <laughs> Jimmy Buffett yes. did Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy oh, okay. Buffett. Oh, okay. I thought, who's the, who's the boxing announcer? Uh, uh, Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and his brother, who I th- who I forgot the name of. Let's get ready to waste away again. <laughs> in Margaritaville, I'm listening to this song right by now. By the way, and looking at the lyrics, I have never heard the song in my entire life. How? How? How is that possible? I didn't play that's, on that's the like- Sunmart uh, supermarket uh, uh. radio when I worked there for seven years, so I didn't hear it. Oh my god, that's like white culture 101. <laughs> I'm a traitor to my people. I don't know. You're a traitor Joe to your people. A traitor. Uh, so, there's a, so interestingly, upon Googling Margaritaville, there is apparently a resort and cruise named yes. Margaritaville on the Jimmy Buffett song. Mm-hmm. Like it is Jimmy Buffett's yeah, Margaritaville. Yeah, yeah. So this is why I know Margaritaville exists as a song is because Justin McElroy has talked about that cruise and stuff. On Justin various McElmore. Wow. When I, but Justin McElmore, when I, uh, when I used to listen to Mabim Bam like six years ago or whatever, like I remember him joking about that and like learning that, that the song that, and Oh no, the actual first place I ever heard of Margaritaville was in the broken lizard movie club dread. <laughs> Uh-huh. Y'all remember this? <laughs> no. No. Y'all fans of Super Troopers? I've seen Super oh, Troopers. No. I saw the Beer Fest one. Okay. Between I'm fine Super with just Troopers, watching those two movies. Between Super Troopers and Beer Fest, they did a, a horror comedy called Club Dread. And there's a character in that movie who has a song called Coco Cabana Berg. And the joke is that he came up with that song first and Jimmy Buffett's song Margaritaville got popular. Okay. I... Our producer Paul is telling us to move on, but before we do, before we do, I want to just quickly read through the categories of the Margaritaville website. On the top of the page is stay, own, dine, cruise, shop, tune in, Jimmy, and perks. <laughs> Jimothy, ah, uh, Jimothy Charlemagne. Good old. All right, I'll talk to the devs. We need to add a Jimmy section to fanway.com. <laughs> Jimmy's demanding the Jimmy section. Like we got to do what he says. It's his Margaritaville. <laughs> It's it's a it's a dictatorship out there in Margaritaville. <laughs> God damn, yeah, they're wasting away because he's hoarded all the food for himself. <laughs> oh my God, Margaritas so only. Uh, Destiny, the, they they have Lightfall, which is like the big uh, the big new expansion. There's um, Hidden City on Neptune. Merritt was trying to tell explain this to me the other day about how like there's a bunch of like there's a whole like bunch of humans in the destiny universe that didn't die in the golden age and like the old stuff. So like we're finding like a a secret faction of, of other humans that are still alive and stuff like that. Uh, So we're going to be going to Neptune, which we've never been to in destiny one or two. And that's going to be tying into some stuff that they've been setting up for a very long time in terms of story. Um, Drifter and Aramis are involved. Um, Aramis was the villain from beyond light um, who was like, that she shows up at the end of that, uh, or she show you fight her at the very end of Beyond Light, and it's very anticlimactic, mm-hmm. and she just gets frozen, yeah. and yeah. it was just immediately like, well, this character's just gonna come back in two expansions, and sure enough, she's coming back two expansions later. 
Um, King's Fall, the very, very, like, the kind of the raid, or mm, Vault of Glass might be better known just because it's, like, the first one, but, like, King's Fall is, like, one of the the most popular raids from Destiny 1. It's coming back to Destiny 2 this Friday, which is huge. Uh, and Destiny is in Fortnite now, and Zavala can uh, hit the gritty. Yay. No, no <laughs> That's K6. what I know. Hell yeah. No Cade 6, though, so uh, I know folks are talking about Cade 6. I'm like, oh, I don't care. Oh, he's but, dead. Yeah, he's dead, dead. Well, they they, they brought back, uh, what's her face? Aramis, um, yeah. She could yeah, I, I I killed Aramis. I played Beyond Light. Oh, you played Beyond Light? Yeah, I played Beyond Light, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this this storyline. Okay, let's just move on. You bring it back. It's like uh, Xenos. Uh, Did is they, Aramis yeah. the next Xenos? <laughs> Did they kill Cade 6? Because, like... Nathan Fillion costs too much. Yeah. I mean, Nolan North plays him in that like mission too, which is weird. Like they definitely, they already lost Nathan Fillion before then. But yeah, that was, that, that is almost certainly exactly what happened. Cause they also, they've changed voice actors on a bunch of those like famous people that they've had. Obviously there was the Peter Dinklage debacle. I don't know. In destiny one, but also Gina Torres also from Firefly voiced, uh, Ikora Ray, who's a major character for a long time. And Mm -hmm. in the last expansion, she was replaced by just more traditional voice actor. Um, I was shocked that they thought, okay, what if we get really expensive voice actors for our live service game? Like, cause at some point someone should have gone, Hey, what does this mean in a year? And nobody went like, Oh shit. Well, I'm sure somebody did, but uh, but it wasn't people working at the top of Activision or probably even Bungie at the time who did that, who, who mm. worried about that because like Bobby that was, Koenig, was, yeah, just yelling, give get me Tyrion Lannister, yeah, get me Paul McCartney, I need the, <laughs> me, I need cart, get um, me voice clips of Spider Man, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, I don't know. The, like, there's kind of an interesting element there, actually, of like, you know, the 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 Bungie almost like had a kind of a quiet coup in the last like three years or two years or something like that, where it's like there was that story that came out that you see all too often in the video game industry of like, hey, this was rife with like people, you know, especially uh, women being like, you know, downplayed and ignored. And part of the reason that the writing in the destiny games is so bad or was so bad originally is that like, there was like this group of people at the top who like believed themselves to be the real writers and everybody else who wrote those stuff that people actually liked, like the grimoire cards lore were like relegated to the bottom. And that's why none of the cool writing off to the edges ever got, uh, put at the like forefront of destiny, but like quietly, it sounds like that they kind of cleaned house a little bit. Um, and yeah. a lot of those people are like the people who are like doing the good stuff are in charge now and have been for, for a, a little while. And like a bunch of different things have been happening in destiny in the last like two years that they've like really just like cleaned up shop, not just in terms of like employees and uh, management structure, but also in terms of like all of the stuff that everybody has been begging destiny to do for the past, like six years in the last like year has been happening. And one of the things that they've had, they're adding is like, you know, native loadouts, to, for characters and stuff like that. So you can actually like, hey, I want to have this very specific build, but if I want to be able to save it, I need to use a third-party app on my phone. That's just coming uh, to be part of the game now. Cool. A bunch of other stuff. The, the writing has gotten so much better in the last like year as they've done this seasonal model. Like It's actually Ooh. really, really, really good and uh, very characterful. Um, yeah, they're, they've, they're doing... I'm sorry? They've made a Beyonce out of Destiny's Child. 
All right, everybody. So thanks for listening to 99 <laughs> Potions this week. Thank you so much, Michael, for being on with us on uh, two weeks in a row. That's, yeah, that's it's, it's it's great that we, you and I, two weeks in a row had a, had a one-on-one podcast. Yeah, just me and you, uh, nobody else uh, on this week's or last week's, which is great. Um, <laughs> and, we Ron should just... e- and Ron was sent into the ether on his own. <laughs> he did it to himself. We should just keep adding a host every week until somebody notices. <laughs> uh, we will keep adding hosts until morale improves. Uh, we will wrap this one up. We've been going for about two hours, and Paul, I'm sure, needs to take a nap. Uh, so I'll just uh, do the thing that I usually do, which is say, uh, where can people find you, Michael? Oh, you can find me and all of my bullshit at Michael P. Hyam on Twitter. And oh. you should go to go to fanby.com. That's fanby.com. Uh, you click all the links, read all the stories. Uh, that's hit video game website, fanby.com. And go to thelinkshell.com for all your Final Fantasy XIV news, guides, model viewer, item databases popping off because the lodestone can't carry the load by itself. So we got it for all y'all. Uh, feature stories coming up. We there's six point two is popping off, and so are we. So uh, that's that's where you can find some good stuff. Michael, remember like a few weeks ago to a month ago when you were like posted that selfie of you wearing like a really nice suit. You looked like really great and like put together and oh, professional. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Are you yeah. wearing that right now? Because it sounds like you're in business. Mode. Oh, like that yeah, was so yeah. smooth <laughs> and professional. Like, damn. I uh, know. You know, I said that that whole segment I just said. I did it off the top of my head on an episode of GameSpot After Dark I was on like two months ago, and I listened back to the episode. I was like, "Damn, that was kind of good." I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna use that. <laughs> I, I did it on uh, Acts of the Blood God. I did it on the Game Informer show. I do it on. I did it on uh, one of my homies is running an independent podcast. I did it there. Like, listen, I got that shit on lock, son. Damn. Uh, Imran, how about you? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ImranZUMG, and you can also find me on fanbyte.com where I talk about vid- video games. I think that's my job. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, th- I thought we hired you for something. I couldn't remember. Yeah, I think I might start doing my job soon. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, okay. cool. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me um, at 4.30 a.m. grinding out fucking PvP ranks in Final Fantasy XIV, trying to get that Archfiend armor, while I also write guides about that same shit uh, on fanbyte.com. Uh, just Miriam on there. And you can find me on Twitter at Miriam Strum, where I post a lot of the different things that I happen to write. I've been doing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV stuff, but I do a lot of No Man's Sky mm-hmm. things. I do all kinds of shit. I'm on a couple of other things here and there, you know. Um, so just, you know, follow me on Twitter and you'll be able to keep up with all of it. You can also keep up with our producer, Paul, at Pauly Mayo on Twitter and at Fanbyte Media is at Fanbyte Media. And like we like to do at the end of every episode of 99 Potions, we sidle on up to the bar. And now that we've been going for a little over two hours, we like to take a big old swig to part to, to slake those parched lips of ours and we go and we take a big <laughs> drink after we give it a solid <laughs> clink. <laughs> Michael's still doing the clog. <laughs> Bye. Peace.